0: Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the Intuitive Hour. Awaken your inner voice. I'm your host, Michelle Beltran. Thank you so much for being with me here today. I always appreciate that you have taken some time to sit in psychic development, learning about various aspects of the metaphysical. Today, we're talking about a code of ethics for psychics or spiritual teachers, light workers or healers. A very uh, exciting topic, very near and dear to my heart. So I am uh, really looking forward to this next uh, 30 minutes with you. Before we get to that, however, I want to offer a few updates and ongoings with the business. It's been quite a full fall and the new year is starting off with a bang you can expect some new program offerings and events coming up uh, through our website relaunch and rebranding that's set to present um, formally in march i've also got two books i'm co-authoring on the topic of feminine power and how to access that and release it super excited about these two projects publishing in April and March. Also, we've just been uh, notified that one of my articles has been picked up by Forbes magazine. Very, very delighted with this. Forbes magazine is a, a wonderful publication globally, and so we're looking forward to the launch of an article on the topic of remote working, and that should come out in February, and then also we have received information that USA Today is going to be publishing an article on women to watch in the spiritual realm in 2022, and uh, uh, my work and uh, is going to be featured there. So just a lot of really wonderful opportunities coming up. I wanted to just let everyone know what's been ongoing. Of course, you can follow all this through our newsletter at michellebeltran.com. If you have an interest in joining on that, please do. All right, so we're going to go ahead then and segue right into our episode today, The Code of Ethics for Your Spiritual Practice. So the first thing I want to say here is that this is not an exhaustive, episode. We're not going to include everything that you want to consider in your code of ethics in this episode. Uh, These are suggestions and bits of information that I found helpful in my practice and that I'm bringing to your attention that you may consider in your own. Uh, So, uh, of course, we're just sort of opening the door to a really important topic, but it does not, it's not all-inclusive, just some key areas that I felt were of importance. Okay, so as we begin, your very successful spiritual business practice does need a code of ethics. It is so important for you to spend some time in creating what is most important for you, in your sort of internal code about how you will work with others. So you really want to spend some time thinking about this, creating a code of ethics for your practice so that you can provide true value to your clients who are coming in seeking your expertise, your support, and your understanding. Adopting your own set of core ethics lets your clients, the people coming to you know that you're taking your role seriously. In my opinion, the best way to establish this highest level of professionalism in your intuitive guidance or spiritual practice is through these core values that you have given great time considering and have set forth. All right, the first and foremost issue that I want to bring forward is the, the fact that you're going to be working with people who may ask you questions about health. So let's establish outright that unless you are a doctor, I encourage you to be sure to state a verbal disclaimer in any health-related sessions that you are giving, that you are not a doctor and that you don't make medical diagnoses. That said, If you are a medical intuitive and offering medical intuition sorts of services, then it's okay to state that. It's okay to say, I'm not a doctor. However, I am offering medical intuition. And from that standpoint, I'm offering this. Be absolute sure to recommend consultation with a licensed professional for any medical advice that you're not qualified to provide. This includes legal advice, financial advice, or psychological uh, nature uh, advice. Be certain you have very clear boundaries for your practice regarding when or if you feel the need to refer your clients to a professional. And in fact, I recommend that you have a list of referral agencies and phone numbers that you can send clients to should they need that qualified professional. Personally, I have local, regional, and national emergency numbers available should I need to refer clients. Numbers like Alcoholics Anonymous, suicide prevention, or grief support, and so on. Making a concerted effort to provide the necessary resources to your clients where you may not be the expert solidifies your level of professionalism in this industry. All right, let's talk about fairness and reasonableness in rates. This is, can be a little bit of a touchy subject, and it is certainly very personal in nature, but it is a question that I do receive often from clients I work with. So doing the right thing for your clients and carrying yourself in a manner that is utmost fairness and reasonableness is always at the helm of your practice. Fairness comes in many forms, and it includes your rates. As I mentioned, this is a very personal decision and one you may find you sit with for some time before you decide. I'd like to ask you to keep in mind that your rates will change as you and your business grows. So what you set in place initially may change and most likely will. Also, creating a variety of options that serve a broad spectrum of clients' needs and desires, as opposed to one rate for one offering, might suit you well, so do consider that. Remember that reasonable and fair can at times mean free. Be mindful of the wonderful energy of gift-giving, giveaways, free offerings, and exchange sessions as you establish your rates. And when I say exchange sessions, uh, what I mean by that, at the beginning of my practice, I offered short sessions in exchange for testimonials as a means to serve others and build the business So you might consider that as well. As you establish your rates for your business, think also about the education and training that you've received. If you've had unique notoriety, awards, uh, publications, formal book publishing, uh, or authoring of any kind, how long have you been in service? Five years? 20 years. Your years in service do matter as you're setting forth your rates. Who are the clients that you serve? Think about the quality of your specific offering and not someone else's, right? The quality of your offering and the value of your time. So, ensuring that you charge a fair rate and understanding your limitations as an intuitive during any reading can go a long way in improving acceptance and understanding among others regarding your spiritual practice. All right, a note on an internal ethical code or mantra, I like to call it. Okay, so the work you do, the service you offer as a healer, light worker, psychic, medium, intuitive, life coach, It comes with great discretion. You are changing people's lives. You are impacting their lives. That is significant. Understand the depth of this as you embark upon this journey. Have a deep sense of and knowing of this. When, When I began, I made a personal vow to serve the highest and greatest good of all who came into session with me. I was deeply overjoyed by the business growth and, quite frankly, in awe of it. I never imagined this for myself. It's something that found me. Nonetheless, I always had a very real and true understanding of the depth of the discretion that I carried, the impact this was having on people's lives. So one day at the beginning, I was actually out riding my bike. And in a joyous, absolute moment of gratitude for the flourishing of not only my psychic ability, but also the very swift swift growth of the business. I said out loud in great conviction, universe, this must be rooted in the utmost love and light and goodness for all. I just had a deep sense of needing to express that. I was in such awe of what was happening. At times my jaw was dropping and I didn't always understand it, but I knew that I would go forward. I knew it was the next step and I was, it had to be rooted in the utmost love and light and goodness. So much so that out on this ride and thought of this, I said it out loud at the moment that I said this out loud in the moments following my front tire of my bike blew spontaneously. <laughs> my bike tire has never blown like that. Uh, never did before, and it hasn't since. Uh, So quite a unique bit of synchronicity that I always find myself looking back on and uh, being warmed by. Uh, In any event, this was a powerful moment that I want to share with you. It was a moment where I created some internal words, an internal ethical mantra or code that was important to me. So I mention that to you so that you may find a similar sort of mantra or deep, meaningful space, some words as you launch your practice that has meaning. All right, ongoing education. This was something very important to me. I hope it is for you. Education does not stop. You don't go through a year course and then not continue more development. Vincent van Gogh didn't wake up one morning and decide he was going to be an artist and create a new method of painting, right? He learned the basics of drawing and composition in elementary school, and then went on to study more in the Royal Academy of Art in Brussels, and thereafter continued to ch- exchange insights, learning, idea, with other impressionists and famous artists. So if this is an endeavor we begin, but we continue with. So make a commitment that you will continue to advance and learn more about your expertise. I truly feel that we owe it to our clients. We owe it to the people that we're working with to continue on our own ongoing education. Okay, moving on. As a psychic or medium or healer, energy worker, light worker, you have an ability to feel and read energy intuitively or psychically about other people. Whatever your modality is, you have this sense. You have this ability. Along the way, I have created seven golden rules. One of those very important rules has to do with Reading for others when you have permission. Please make sure that you are offering your services and reading for people when you have been requested to do so. The one thing you're permitted to do in this kind of work where you don't have to ask formal permission is to ground someone. If you need to refer to the grounding episode previously recorded here at the intuitive hour, please do so. Ethically, it is fine to do that, but reading someone without their permission, of course, isn't permitted. Please make a commitment to that. All right, let's talk about trust. So we all have a general idea of what trust is on a broad level, right? Merriam-Webster defines trust as assured reliance on the character, one in which confidence is placed. There, of course, are different definitions, but, and I certainly concur with these mainstream definitions, but trust is defined in in a deeper level as well. And, and so I'd like to talk a little bit about a that deeper level of trust and what I mean by that. Trust really is about choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. That's actually defined by Charles Feltman in his book, The Thin Book of Trust, and again, he defines trust as choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. So I want to take a moment just to bullet point some aspects of uh, Dr. Feltman's idea of trust and again which I entirely concur with. One is that Trust means we trust each other and our boundaries, right? So when someone, for example, says no, that's okay, even if you disagree with it. Next, Dr. Feltman talks about doing what we say we're going to do all the time. Third, he states that we're all a work in progress and that's okay. So an extension of that or an expression of that, if we make mistakes, it's okay, and call them out, say so. If you've made a mistake, it's all right to claim it. Dr. Feltman talks about privacy and confidentiality as a means of establishing trust. You and I acknowledge and understand confidentiality is understood. So you and your client understand, acknowledge, and completely trust confidentiality is understood. All right, so the point here is to be thinking about trust, what it means to you. Again, you might pick up a copy of this book. I found it a great read on a deeper level understanding of what trust is. As you begin your practice, I highly recommend you consider that. All right, so continuing on as you are considering your code of ethics. We're segueing now a little bit more into the formal business codes or rules that you might be considering. One aspect of this is age. Will you be providing service to someone 18 years or over? Are you going to be consulting with children? Do you have an agreement or contract you would like clients to sign? If you do, who is reviewing that legal contract? Do you have an attorney? Record keeping and document keeping. What is your system to keep absolute privacy and confidentiality among within your record keeping? Where will you store documents? How will you dispose of records? Will you have electronic files? All of this is something to be considered. If you have a website, and I assume many of you will, I would highly recommend that, absolutely you want to have website disclaimers. Those website disclaimers are going to Discuss things like terms and conditions, your privacy policy, your purchase policy. Do you have a refund policy? All right, and just a brief note on generosity in your spirit and words. What I mean by that, assume the most generous thing about all things within your business, your team, your clients, so on and so on. For example, a client has missed a session or they're late. That can be an inconvenience. I want to ask you to assume the most generous that you can about this client in that situation for example, assume something came up. That happens. Instead of leaping to, oh, my time is wasted, they are being disrespectful. Your energy, as you know, is everything. So do your best in setting a general overall perspective. of assuming the most general generous thing that you can. Okay, a brief note on societal ethics. This is about discrimination, maintaining fairness and equality in your activities and operations of the business. This includes but is not limited to discrimination of on the basis of age, race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, religion, political beliefs. This is a biggie of late in our world, right? So I think I'm stating somewhat of the obvious here, but just a reminder to be thinking about these things. The most important message in expressing this to you is just to remind you of your impact on your client and even on society through them in the work that you're doing with them. Adopt a philosophy of doing good versus avoiding bad. Two very different things. All right, as we wind down I'd like to present some scenarios, if you will. You may come upon a variety of unique people and circumstances and issues. So perhaps take a few moments to consider how you might respond to the following questions. Am I enhancing the image of the metaphysical community by living with personal and professional integrity. In my business, am I treating all clients equally without prejudice or discrimination because of sex, race, ethnicity, religious affiliation, political affiliation, and so forth? Do I always strive for quality in readings and sessions and all metaphysical and spiritual work I do? Do I encourage clients to accept total responsibility for their lives and the choices they must make in their lives? My point of view might differ from another person's. Do I honor differing opinions and points of view? No one is 100% accurate, all-knowing, or meant to have all the answers all the time. Am I mindful of not claiming this in my practice? Am I honoring free will and mindful of clients' choice and free will, realizing they need not accept what I'm telling them? And finally, in the case where I cannot psychically serve the customer, in the case where I cannot provide the healing or the insight or the service that my customer has requested, do I advise them honestly and either refund their money or refer them to another psychic or intuitive or energy worker? All right, everyone. I think I have given you quite a bit of information and insight to ponder and consider as you develop your own code of ethics for your practice. As I've mentioned, today's episode is not all-inclusive. Rather, these are things that have come, presented to me as important, that I wanted to share with you, regardless whether you are thinking about starting your business, have just started it in its infancy, or are a veteran. Establishing a code of ethics that you can stand by and believe in is essential. It is lending to your credibility in the community, in the industry that you're in. All right, we will come to a close, as always, If there are any questions or comments, I invite you to email at mbeltran at michellebeltran.com or give us a call, 800-607-1770. I absolutely invite and welcome your discussion on this very important topic if you'd like to do so. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week, everyone. Kick off the new year with 25% off a 30-minute session with Michelle. Visit MichelleBeltran.com and click on Sessions. Then use the coupon code INTUITIVEHOUR25 when you check out. This special offer is available for a limited time. Book your session with Michelle today at MichelleBeltran.com.